Hello listeners, Kathy Lawless, Life Story Curator, bringing you this podcast series, How Did I Get Here? A series of interviews designed for people just starting out in their career, or people who are in transition or possibly feeling stuck, and giving them access to the stories of people who have been there and done that, so that they might be inspired with some new ideas, or maybe just comforted knowing they are not alone, that everybody starts somewhere and everybody goes through times of feeling stuck. Welcome to episode 91. In this episode, I'm gonna recap the last 10 interviews. And I can't believe that I've conducted 96 interviews at this point and published 90 of them already. Wow, I'm, I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> Which means I'm now approaching that 100th episode. And as I've socialized that, several people have suggested that I be interviewed once again. If you recall, I had a friend interview me for episode 20, and now we're at episode 100, so a lot has happened in the meantime. So, And a wonderful friend and fellow wise woman, Sarah Van Rensburg, has offered to interview me. I'm so excited. She's such a wonderful interviewer and facilitator. I know I'll be in good hands, uh, but I gotta tell you, I'm a little nervous to be on the other side of the microphone and the one answering the questions, not just asking the questions. So anyway, that's just a little teaser. Stay tuned. Uh, that 100th episode will be coming up in the next couple months. So let's get on with today's stories. I have the pleasure of looking back at my last 10 interviews. And once again, they continue to trend. So insightful, so amazing, so much learning. So I'll be sharing their aha moments, lessons learned, and words of wisdom. And then I'll include what those learnings then kind of instilled in me or brought out in me and then some suggestions that either worked for me or that maybe you might want to try. So let's get to the stories. Episode 81, Yolanda Webb. She's the executive director of the Office of Adult Aging and Disability Services for the state of Colorado and she's the principal advisor at Webb Advisory Services which is her own consulting firm. And hers is a journey that's been guided by a curiosity and a passion to understand humanity, regardless of whether she's working in mental health, in state services, or her own business, she's maintained this curiosity. Early on, her career progresses nicely until she hits that boss where it's not a fit. But always one to make the best of a situation, she decides this is the time now to start a side business, something that she's really passionate about shaping the narrative for her teenage daughter about what it means to be young, gifted, and black in America. How aspirational is that? Yolanda creates a super successful beauty line for African-American women. It's her first entrepreneurial experience, but certainly not her last. Yolanda is all about helping people, and whether it's in her entrepreneurial endeavors or the work she's doing at the state of Colorado, or in her consulting business, where she's now changing the narrative around diversity, equity, and inclusion. What served her best? Understanding that none of us are perfect and that we are gonna make mistakes along the way. And her words of wisdom. I'm here on this planet for a purpose and I daily seek to fulfill that purpose. That doesn't mean being stagnant. It means knowing and learning and wanting to embrace the world around me that's who I am. 
I was struck by Yolanda's statements about shaping or changing the narrative. First, the narrative for her teenage daughter about what it means to be young and gifted and black in America. And second then, with her colleagues and clients about how she's changing the narratives around diversity and inclusion. I've had the privilege of participating in a two-hour session with Yolanda about diversity, equity, inclusion. And by the way, she doesn't call it a training or a program. She calls it a conversation. I called it a session, but I think conversation is really best because it's about changing behaviors, uh, which starts with conversations. So she's all about the conversation. And so her approach is to have us look at each other from the perspective of how we are the same, not how we are different. I would encourage you to take a look at Yolanda's website. I think you'll see right away from her website that her work and her approach is unique and different. And when you have a conversation with her, you get that right away. So I was fortunate to have a conversation with her. And so I would encourage you that if you're in a position of leadership, consider having her help you with a conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion, either with your team or within your company. Uh, it'll prove valuable. And I'll just wrap up on Yolanda's experience here that she is a great example of following your passion and living your values. Episodes 82 and 83 are with the same person, Kamal Goyle. She's the managing partner at 6E Technologies. And I found her story so fascinating in the, fascinating in the first episode that we had to continue into episode two. She was born and raised in India, and her journey is one of perseverance and breaking traditions traditions that are cultural, gender, and family traditions. She, she talks quite a bit about how her dad encouraged her life choices by, by asking her questions and getting her to think for herself. As she says, if it wasn't for him, her life would be totally different today. And even without any female role models to inspire or guide her, she chooses education and a career over marriage. So this is one of those really big traditions in India and she's going against it and a tradition I guess in her family in India So not an easy choice going against the wishes of her mom and the norms of her culture So it's been a tough road for her though when she chose this You know career over marriage uh, Because she's been the only female programmer at several of companies that she worked for and she regularly finds that she's not included in the discussions with her male colleagues when they're all collaborating to solve problems or after hours activities. So she starts doubting herself, her self-esteem starts declining over time. Finally, she finds a company and a culture where right away they seek her input and it's a much better fit for her. It's a wonderful experience and one where she thrives. And her confident, which then, gives her the confidence to launch out as a consultant and then ultimately um, take over the managing as the managing partner of this consulting firm. So no surprise that persistence and perseverance is what served her best. Her words of wisdom, make a decision and take action in a timely manner. If you don't, the universe will make it for you. Kamal tells the story that she had the intuition or the thought that she should be leading this consulting firm from the beginning, but she didn't take any action to do so. And the notion of leading it kept niggling her for years. And it wasn't until she was in a pretty severe car accident where she was injured and unable to work for a time that she started really evaluating what the firm needed to grow and be sustainable. Because 
her stepping out for that time frame really impacted the sustainability and the growth of it. So this is just one example she's referring to in her comment about make a decision and take action in a timely manner. If you don't, the universe will make it for you, which in her case happened to be the car accident. Which then prompts us to think, do you have any ideas or intuition about something that you haven't taken action on? And consider, why are you putting it off? We all think we have more time, right? And that someday uh, we'll get, some, you know, someday this is the dream or the thing that I want to be doing, but there is no guarantee. And the funny thing is, is when we start taking action, it leads to learning and growth and usually more action. And that action also then leads to a lot of energy. And it feels great to be in action. The opposite is also true. If you're in, 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 in action, therefore not taking action, then it really can be an energy suck. So I would encourage you to make today your someday and get started. Episode 84, Christina Valenzuela, owner of Pearl and Thistle. A journey with themes steeped in music, ministry, motherhood, and manifesting opportunities that fit her life while fulfilling her passion to keep learning and growing. Starting her own business is her latest growth opportunity and one that continues to evolve and provide challenges. Her impulsive and impatient nature have served her well because she's honed that intuition to figure out which ideas to act upon. She's now learning to treat her impatience as a gift versus a flaw. Her words of wisdom, when you get comments like, you were made to do this, listen and store up these beautiful consolations from people because they'll carry you far. If I'm doing what people perceive is the thing that I'm meant to do or that I'm made to do, then I know I'm on the right track. You know, some people are very clear about their strengths and their gifts, but many of us are not. So I really love Christina's words of wisdom about listening to others uh, when they compliment you and really take that to heart. It's hard to see our core competencies because they're so much a part of us, but others seem to be able to see them right away. So the good news is, is that you can ask others what they see in you and therefore hearing their feedback and hearing them talk about it and get clarification can really help you. Some of the things that people have said about me are, uh, I had the title that I was Julie the Cruise Director, or I was known as the Voice of Reason, or the Matrix Queen, Connector of Ideas and People. Uh, I was also known as the Director of Entertainment, the Glue, Switzerland. Um, these were just a few things. Or most recently, uh, someone told me that they, one of the things they love about me is that I'm a growth junkie. So all of these things give me insight into how I'm coming across to others and how what I talk about gives them insight into me. I wish I'd had more confidence as a young person to ask for feedback to understand more about my strengths because I kind of figured it out on my own as I went along. And if I'd have figured it out earlier, I think I would have been more boldly stepping into those strengths and claiming them uh, versus just kind of, you know, accidentally delivering them and maybe then that might have caused a little bit of doubt in my confidence. One of the nicknames that I mentioned, I was initially embarrassed about, and that was Julie the Cruise Director. I thought that title diminished me as a leader on our leadership team. 
because it came from the silly show, The Love Boat, and it was about the only woman who was on uh, the staff at the time, and she was not really thought of as a leader, so I thought it kind of diminished my, my leadership. Uh, but really, what my colleague was saying, and several colleagues, was that they appreciated the fact that I brought the team together, that I was always kind of the glue in making sure to include others versus exclude them, when many times they weren't even thinking, well, who else should we be including? That was something that just came naturally for me. So once I was able to get over some of the stories about some of these titles and really step into them, I mean, they are, they were true and they were who I am and who I was being. Um, I realized that, you know, these things came easy for me and they don't come easy for others. So how can I bring them up when I need to? For example, I remember being in a meetings at one point where I thought there was a very obvious thing going on around personnel within the organization and no one else was bringing it up. So therefore I thought, well, if no one's bringing it up, it must not be that important. Even though what I should have done was bring it up to see how important it really was because in the end, it ended up being important. So lesson here is seek feedback, find out what those strengths are and then boldly step into them. It's you. Episode 85, Gail Hamilton, motivational speaker and author. Hers is a journey about facing fears and overcoming obstacles. And her obstacles are big. They're blindness, abuse, discrimination, depression, and suicide. Now that she's on the other side of these obstacles, she's sharing her story to help others see that they too can get to the other side of obstacles and create the life that they desire. An aha moment for Gail is when she figures out that it's the six inches between my, her ears that matters. That is when she learned and really started believing deep down at her core that she was the creator of her destiny. What served her best, being funny and committed and having the determination to fly, to be better, to expand and grow, that's what motivates her every day. Her words of wisdom, I truly believe that all things are possible. It takes faith, authenticity, alignment, attitude, and action. And if you do these things, you will be who you want to be in your life and do whatever it is that you want. So true this notion of, it's the six inches between my ears that matters. It's what I think that matters. So keep what you think positive, especially what you think about yourself and all of that self-talk. It matters. Gail was letting the voices of others influence how she felt about herself. And less than was the common theme that was coming up. And it wasn't until she found the belief in herself that made those outside voices just be noise and she no longer paid attention to them. In her interview, Gail talks about her life philosophy. And she had to create this life philosophy when she competed and won the Miss Senior Colorado pageant. And this philosophy is a beautifully crafted, authentic work of art that again, she created for her life and that she gets to live into all the time in her life. This is her belief and her, and her passion. And I'm gonna go ahead and share it here now with you and in her words, because I was so inspired by it and I think you will be too. And so my philosophy is, I believe my desire to fly must be bigger than my fear of falling. Vision is internal. 
not external, and is guided by my heart, not my eyes. In order to be free to fly, I must want my dream, feel my dream, and believe that my dream will come true. Most importantly, I must live my dream. I'm the creator of my destiny, the composer of my symphony, and I choose to live a life of greatness. There are so many books and courses and programs on self-talk and positive thinking. And one program that I would highly recommend, it, you know, if you're struggling with this voice and not having those positive thoughts about yourself, uh, a program I would recommend is called the Landmark Forum. And I've talked about it many other times and I've talked about it with some of my interviewees. In fact, in episode 87, which is coming up here shortly with Mel Austin, he's a fellow Landmark grad and he talks a little bit about that. Um, so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that, but it's a great program for recognizing the beliefs and blind spots that we have and that we're not aware of and how these beliefs and blind spots turn into patterns in our life and patterns that may no longer be serving us in a positive way. And so then once you have that recognition of these patterns, then they give you the tools to, you can disappear the beliefs so there's no longer the patterns, and then you can create the possibilities of a new future for yourself. So it's very powerful work on kind of disappearing the baggage and bringing forward the possibilities. Episode 86, Valerie Recor, a productivity specialist. Hers is a journey that starts in mental health, working with teens. Then she goes on to get her master's degree in adult learning, where she's introduced to books and concepts about productivity and time management. She's so intrigued by this notion of productivity that she makes this her area of expertise and now her business. What served Valerie best? Patience and being open to what's next knowing that the right experience or next avenue is going to appear, so she focuses on where she is now and what skills she can gain at the time. So she's very present in what she's doing today with this faith that the next thing's gonna just appear. Her words of wisdom, we don't have to do it all. Look at what's on your plate, does it need to be there? This pandemic has created a brilliant opportunity for people to reset, to rethink, and to reevaluate everything that they were doing before. And now we can be intentional about who and what we bring back into our lives, not just diving back into what we were doing before. What great words of wisdom and from a productivity specialist. We don't have to do it all. I gotta tell you, we are such a society of doers, right? And when did this start and who started it? I, I really, I think we need to understand that. But anyway, on another note. So I agree with Valerie that this pandemic has created a brilliant opportunity for us to really rethink what we've been doing. And now with all the, uh, now with all the vaccines rolling out and starting to get back to more in-person stuff, I'm being way more intentional about what activities I wanna bring back into my life. So shutting down for COVID really showed me how much activity or busyness that I was doing because when I had to stop all of that, at first it was a bit of uh, FOMO, I guess. Uh, I felt like I was missing out and I was, you know, trapped and all of that. And now, you know, a year later, I'm in this perspective of, I really like the structure that I put in for to my life and I really like the time that I'm spending and that I'm spending more time being intentional 
and on value add things and not just running from here to there because I got invited to do this or I'm already uh, uh, across town so I'll tack on two other things to do while I'm there. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm blocking my calendar more to spend time on things and uh, just more time on myself and more time for fun. So, you know, I used to love driving to places because I could multitask, right? I could be really busy or productive. Uh, and I would multitask by listening to podcasts in my car. And, you know, basically I have a 30 minute drive to just about anywhere. Most times it's 45 minutes and that's just one way. So when you consider I'm driving either an hour or an hour and a half just to spend an hour or an hour and a half on something, that takes up a lot of time. So now that I'm, you know, coming out of this, um, state of you know not meeting with people in person and deciding well what activities am I going to be doing in person again I'm really intentional about that because a one and a half hour drive round trip has to really be valuable for me so I highly encourage you you know our lesson here is what are those activities that are high value for you and make sure those are the ones you're committed to episode 87 Mel Austin founder of squeaky clean comedy his is a journey that starts in the Marines as a bulk fuel engineer. He then leverages his talents as a professional passer of gas uh, to enter the business world. And he starts as a delivery driver for a propane company where he then moves into sales and then into sales management. His leadership abilities emerged at an early age. In high school, his thing became firing people up for the football games. Then in the military, he leads Bible study groups and is known for his ability to rally the troops. After his military service, he keeps his day job to pay the bills and to keep strengthening his passion for public speaking, he joins Toastmasters and then finds an acting class, which he loves and where he finds his funny. Mel shares that his faith and doing his internal work meditation, yoga, martial arts, and his military training and discipline are what served him best. His words of wisdom, you have to stay in your passion. Initially paying the bills is from another source, but keep a toe in your passion, stay the course, find that thing that brings you joy and the money will take care of itself. While Mel is in the business of funny, he is very serious about his business and about doing the work to continue improving. And while he had natural abilities for leading and speaking, he continued to hone those skills through Toastmasters and acting class, and then also just hone who he was as a person with Landmark Forum, forum uh, meditation, yoga, martial arts, and his military training. I recently spoke at a group of professionals in transition, sharing what I've been learning about being in transition and being stuck from all of these podcast interviews. And one of the questions that a participant asked was, how important did I think continuing education, degrees, certification, et cetera, was? Um, and my personal answer was, I think it's super important. Number one, I think continuing your education shows that you continue to learn and grow and that you're interested in that. I don't think that anyone can just stay stagnant with what they already know today. And I want to be around people who are learning and growing. They're certainly more interesting. And those are the kind of employees that I would want to hire and that I would want on my team. I also shared as part of my answer 
what I'm hearing from so many of the people that I interviewed, and that is that certifications and degrees demonstrate that you've got a core foundation for understanding the topic, even if you have years of experience in it. So you kind of have both, right? You have the experience and you have this kind of core foundation that's the common or the mainstream or the uh, certified understanding of it. And almost everyone that I interviewed who has gone into coaching has pursued some type of coaching certification. So whether they plan to create their own programs or facilitate and train programs that others have created, they see the value in the formal education. One of these coaches in particular, who has been a CEO at a number of companies, is getting her master's degree in a couple of different uh, psychology disciplines. And she's doing it because while she's had great success as a leader herself, she recognizes that her leadership success and style is her own formula. And therefore, it might not work for everyone, and she might not be able to explain it in a way that it can work for others. So she wants to learn the relevant or appropriate language, terms, approaches, so that she has a variety of tools that she can offer. So what she's getting out of the education is the language and tools that will help her be more approachable and more relatable to her clients. And lastly, I think a side benefit of signing up for a program or continuing education is that you're in action. You're investing in you, you're moving forward into your new career. And this is especially helpful for your psyche when you're in transition or if you're feeling stuck because maybe you haven't found that new thing yet or you haven't achieved it or you're not in it but being in action, you know, that means you're no longer stuck and also means you're no longer in transition. You're moving forward in some way. And you'll meet new people when you're in these programs and these certifications. And who knows where that'll lead. Episode 88, Leslie Jones, founder and CEO of Spiral Method, executive coach and master facilitator. A journey that starts in mental health left turns into selling computers, then the aha that she likes selling ideas more than things. Tapping into her background in both therapy and business, she's recruited into transformation work. It's a great fit until the birth of her first child, which changes her priorities almost overnight. She recognizes that her work must maximize her time away from her daughter. So that's when she launches her own transformation and coaching business. So now she's not only selling ideas, she's also selling herself. Leslie shares that perseverance and journaling are what served her best. Her words of wisdom, the way that we spend our days is the ways that we spend our lives. Leslie works frequently with CEOs. So I asked her how she got started at that level. I mean, basically she's starting at the top. And her answer, I fell into it. And I've talked about this notion of falling into something before and that I'm always quite curious about it because when I was in transition, whenever I heard that, that really frustrated me because obviously I wanna fall into something fantastic. How do you just fall into something, right? Um, so there has to be some sort of steps. So I think people are being pretty humble when they say that I fell into it. Uh, so I asked her to tell me more and to tell all of us more about that. She shared that, um, if she put her intention on working with CEOs, she totally would have got intimidated, especially when she thinks about them as a group and the level. 
that it would really squash her potential and her, um, her activities around that. So what she did was she put her intentions around what are the qualities of the people that I want to work with. And when she really started defining the qualities of people, decision makers, um, leaders, people that make things happen, that really, you know, those tend to align with CEOs. So that's why she talks about how she fell into it. So um, early on in her coaching business, she said she made two phone calls that, that made a very pro profound impact on her business. Um, and in both of these phone calls, she talked about what were the qualities of the people she wanted to work with and what was the value that she thought she could bring to those people. And then the people on the other end of the phone could then think about people they knew. They then made introductions to her into these other companies, the people that met or fit with what she had described. And then she called those companies after she received the introductions and was able to deliver what they were interested in. And then they started referring her. So it, you know, that's, that's how what she described as falling into something. Even though when you start to break it down, we can see how it was really defining the qualities, the results, but also reaching out to others, asking for help, not asking if they wanted to be coached, but asking if they knew of people who fit the criteria and that might be looking for those results. So her approach was very, uh, very targeted here, even though she describes it as I fell into it. Um, it's funny, this is also something that I learned from my business coach when I was launching my business is who are your ideal clients? And it wasn't just demographics like women of a certain age or if it was a certain um, you know, social economic level or anything like that. What, what my coach had me focus on were things like makes decisions quickly, uh, sees value in what I have to offer, has a strong desire to honor and celebrate people and their life stories. So, you know, you really start getting clear about this and you can be more purposeful when you're asking helping and when you're asking people for who do they know that might then demonstrate these kind of qualities. So a couple of lessons here. Be clear about the type of people that you want to work with and the type of work that you want to do and the type of results that you believe you, you can deliver. And then start asking the people that you know like and trust if anyone that they know fits what you're looking for. You'll be amazed at the doors that will be opened. Episode 89, Maggie Drucker, Chief Relationship Officer for Prosper Bridge and Queen of Culture for Rise. She's at her best when managing a half a dozen priorities and activities all at once. And she discovers this when she's in college and that it's a theme throughout her life. Maggie finds a career in HR by always being willing to take things on. She never thinks that's not my job. And because of her social and inquisitive nature, she's drawn to people and wanting to help them be more productive. After rising the ranks of HR in a variety of companies and industries, she reaches a reflection point and takes a year off to backpack through Europe and to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain. This is an instrumental time in her life, creating a lot of internal peace and confidence. What served her best is being inquisitive and trying to make a difference, not sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it. Maggie's words of wisdom, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always have what you've always had. I want to be comfortable financially and have a lot of great experiences. 
I can make that happen and everyone can make that happen for themselves. You just have to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps and make it happen. It's so cool that Maggie took a year off to find her purpose or to find what's next. And what a powerful journey she took walking the Camino del de Santiago. It's such an intense physical, emotional, and spiritual journey. You know, wow, I mean, what a, what a way to kind of take a break and step back from your life. I think most of us expect that we should just know what's next, right? Or that it should just come to us. And that our career should always be continuing in an upward trajectory. When I was young, new things and opportunities seemed to just come up frequently so I could explore and experiment. But then it came a time that that seemed to stop and I needed to be more intentional and purposeful about what was next. It, it, it is so easy to just let the busyness of our lives kind of run things though uh, and not want to take the time to reflect or journal or feel into what's next. So many times when you're in transition or feeling stuck, that's really the time that you need to reflect and journal and figure out what's next. If you're feeling stuck or in transition and looking for what's next, have you done the work to identify what you really want? Have you defined what work would make you happy? Recently, my sister helped talk me off a ledge where I, where I was caught up in thinking, should I be doing more? She helped me define my work happiness statement, I'd like to call it. So I'm gonna share it with you now. I've created a life for myself where I get to bring my unique genius to the world, helping people capture and celebrate their life and career stories or the life and career stories of someone they love. So this is such fun and meaningful work for me. Every day I'm meeting new and interesting people and I get to know them at a really deep level, especially the ones that I you know, interview for my podcast. I have the flexibility to pursue learning and growth opportunities that interest me. I can volunteer for, for causes that I'm passionate about. I get to play volleyball, golf, and pickleball when I want. And I get to take care of myself physically, mentally, and spiritually. I am living the dream. So the lesson here is have you defined your work happiness statement? Or are you just feeling scratchy or maybe just not happy? but you may not know why or what would make you happy. One of the coaches that I worked through when I was in transition asked me that very question. Well, what would make you happy? And I realized I'd never really sat down and thought about it and defined what would make me happy or satisfied. So that's what she had me do. Uh, so the big aha here is that if you don't have it defined, it being happiness, success, money, or whatever, then you're just chasing the notion of being happy or having enough money or having enough success. You'll never know when you get there. And, and you probably know some wealthy people who don't believe they have enough money, you know, because they haven't really defined how much is enough. They're just caught up in the making of the money and the chasing of the money. You really have to figure out when, when is it enough enough. So here are some ideas to get you started for defining your happiness at work. You know, stating things like, I want to work where, and just kind of fill in. So I want to work where I get to bring my unique genius to the world every day. I'm learning and growing regularly. Not just saying I want to be challenged, because you know, challenging work can mean a whole host of things, right? Meaning difficult boss, conflict, all these things, right? 
But if you say, I want to be learning and growing regularly, that's different. I'm contributing my areas of strengths and genius, and I'm feeling valued for it. I'm on a high-performing team that values each team member and the strengths that they bring to the team. I have a flexible work schedule, or I have a defined schedule that gives me the time off that I want. You know, again, pick what pick what is working for you or what you want. Um, maybe you're looking for you know, opportunities where your ideas and opinions are sought out. People are coming to you and asking you for your input. Uh, this would make you happy. You know, I'm working with smart, interesting, and committed professionals. I'm meeting new people. I'm working with a team or I get to work as an individual contributor. So again, these are just a few ideas to get you started. Take the time to define the criteria for yourself. Uh, you might find that your current work, like I did with my sister, um, your current work is measuring up and it is enough and it is making you happy, but you're chasing this notion of something else. So, you know, again, take, take the time to evaluate it and then once you find that, you know, if it's not measuring up, then you can figure out how to address those things. Episode 90, Portia Chen Silverberg, Chief Reinventor and Creativity Officer. She starts her story with, I was made in Taiwan, so cute, and goes on to talk about immigrating to the United States as a teenager, which obviously is a defining and imp impactful event in her life. 22 jobs later in 17 different industries, including starting her own business four times and two nonprofits, uh, she definitely qualifies to be called the chief reinventor. Always passionate about working and confident in herself, it isn't until later in life that she discovers the importance of pausing and reflecting to celebrate successes and accomplishments, and also then to heal from trauma. As a flaming optimist and a joyful person, she earned the nickname, the Yenta of Joy. These traits, along with being resilient and having passion and grit, are the characteristics that have served her best. Her words of wisdom are from Wilma Mankiller. The most fulfilled people are those who get up every morning and stand for something larger than themselves. This interview with Portia prompts me to ask, how often are you pausing and reflecting to celebrate successes and accomplishments? Typically, we just keep going and doing and we're on to the next thing and we don't really appreciate where we are or what we've accomplished and what, what, how far we've come. Portia talks about this quite a bit, that we need time to pause and to celebrate. And this will also help us heal our bodies, both physically and mentally. You know, so often we just kind of muscle through everything. We check the box that we've accomplished this project or goal, and then we're on to the next thing right away and don't really acknowledge and celebrate what we've accomplished. I will say this is definitely me. While, while I do a journal daily about what I'm grateful for, I still be, get caught up in should I be doing more? Again, in that doing mode, right? Or what else could I be doing? Instead, I should be really just enjoying the life I've created, the flexibility, the joy, and variety in my life, which I just talked about my happiness statement. But at the same time, I also have to give myself a little credit. I do find that I'm naturally quite reflective and I learn from others. And so, um, which by the way, is why I love doing these podcast interviews. Um, 
So I do find ways to be reflective, but it isn't necessarily always just journaling um, or taking the time, you know, scheduling it on my calendar that, you know, Friday at 1030, I'm going to be reflective. Uh, I find that there's other ways that I do that. So typically my reflection points are triggered from uh, reading books. That always triggers ideas and, and aha moments. Uh, meeting new people, hearing their stories, sharing my stories. Again, all that starts to, you know, you start relating. Uh, writing presentations about my business for the various groups that I'm in. You know, if you've got to get up and present and showcase or talk about yourself or introduce yourself, you usually have to include something about what's your why, which is very reflective and purposeful. Or helping others when they feel stuck, you know, just, you know, helping a friend by listening and then also sharing stories that they might relate to. Uh, Obviously, conducting interviews for this podcast has created a tremendous amount of reflection for me. I get to do these recap episodes, but then also as I'm interviewing people, it's so interesting, the ideas and the memories and the accomplishments and all the things that it triggers as I'm listening to what they're doing and what's worked for them. My sisters have been a very important part of my life, and so we spend time together on weekends and, and we've been great coaches for each other uh, you know we always are talking through how things are going and if things are going great we kind of celebrate that amongst ourselves uh, but if they're not going great or we're feeling scratchy or we want to bounce ideas off one another that's a great opportunity to do that um, and then lastly I guess if I find that I'm still really scratchy and, and it's you know I'm still feeling uncomfortable ish um, then is that typically when I'll sign up for a retreat or maybe a development program, or, or maybe even hire a coach. So I think these are all ways, and I'm sharing these with you as always, that if you're in this mode of feeling scratchy, um, and or if you find you are someone that doesn't take the time to reflect, these might be ways that, you know, maybe you are, you need to give yourself a little more credit because you are doing it more often than you think. Um, or maybe you do need to be more purposeful, and it, it might take, you know, signing up for a, a program or hiring a coach to help you. So there are all sorts of ways to pause and reflect, and some can be self-guided and some led by others. So many of the folks I've interviewed, it, it seems like they're self-guided, but I think mine are, are kind of initiated or triggered uh, by others, and then when I do get stuck, then I do, uh, I do go into the mode where others lead me through it because that then I can just focus on me, not on, well, what are the right questions to ask? They're already asking those questions, so. Um, but I highly take, I highly recommend taking the time to do so. Uh, I can't tell you how many people who I've interviewed mentioned having health issues, physical and mental. And I think it's really because they just keep muscling through. They just keep being busy and they're not maybe thinking through, is this the right fit for me? Is this the right place? Should I make a change and what, what that change could look like? So uh, you don't have to go it alone and it doesn't have to be hard. And if it is, then maybe that's a sign that you're not in the right place. On that note, I'll wrap up. I love looking back on these interviews and these amazing folks sharing their stories. I hope you enjoy this look back as much as I enjoy doing it. Maybe you listened to all 10 of these interviews already and found this episode to be a great reminder of so many wonderful nuggets. Or maybe you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the interviews and now you're intrigued by one or more of them. Of course, I would encourage you to listen to them all. But as you know, this podcast is designed for people just starting out in transition or feeling stuck and giving them access to these great stories so that they might be able to relate and possibly be inspired 
or try new, some new ideas, or maybe just comfort in knowing they're not alone. If you like this podcast, please subscribe below and you'll be alerted to other podcasts as they're published. And if you'd like this recap, I'd really love to hear your feedback. Uh, what you liked about it, how you could relate, what are some of the lessons learned and aha moments that you have uh, experienced, would love to hear from you. And I'm always on the lookout for interesting stories. So maybe you know someone who has a made an interesting story, or maybe it's you. Or maybe you're thinking, is my story really podcast worthy? And I would say absolutely yes. Everyone's story is so unique. No one has the same set of random experiences that life brings. So, and, and you never know who needs to hear your story today and might be able to be inspired and get unstuck by something that you said and maybe trying something new. So you can find all these interviews on my website, lifestorycurator.com. Uh, they're also posted on Apple, Google podcast channels, as well as other podcast, popular podcast channels. And stay tuned for episode 100 coming up in about nine weeks. It will be quite different from my usual recap because I'll be the one being interviewed and it'll be about my story, but also about insight and learnings from all of these 90 plus interviews. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Who knows what it's gonna come out as. Uh, I'm in the hands of Sarah Van Rensburg and she'll, you know, you'll have to wait and see what she pulls out of me. So on that note, have a great day, stay safe, stay well, and let's keep sharing these stories.